0: Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into comic book movies, blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined here, as always, with my co-host, Devin, and Special guest returning, Nicole Ackman from Next Picture. And today, we're here to close out on the Franchise Revisited series, our Hunger Games series, as we cover Mockingjay Part 2. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at FilmOptics, that is optics with an X. And you can always email us at FilmOptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Nicole, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm so excited to be back to talk about this series again. I uh, I feel like there's a lot to say about this last one.
0: Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Because, I, mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, the way that the first part one, like, you know, it's, it's, it was set up so well, but it also makes me wonder, would this have done better as just a three-hour movie then mm-hmm. and am itself? I think
2: everyone, everyone is wondering that. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, Devin, my co-host, how are you doing? I feel like I haven't talked to you. I mean, we just recorded our Moon Knight episode, but what's up?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's been a few minutes. It's a good Wednesday, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Happy hump day, everybody. So it's, it's been a fun, fun week so far. I hope for everyone out there listening and for our uh, guests here on the podcast. So uh the way that we're going to do this, um, as we have with our, with our previous ones, we'll get into our initial re- rewatch thoughts. Um, if there's any differences for the book, Book to film that we kind of you know noticed throughout. I'm sure Nicole probably has more than me because I've <laughs> still not read the books. Um, and then we'll get into final thoughts and kind of just close out from there. So are you guys ready to save Pan out So ready. Take out Snow and possibly President Coin because she is very, very shady.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> is she more shady than Snape? Because like I, I'm I've always wondered. Because it's like, ooh. Yes. I feel like so, because with, with yes. <laughs> Snape had this aura, like, okay, that man is, like, you know for a fact.
1: He's not pretending to be anything that he's not, really. <laughs> yeah. like, he, knows,
0: he
2: knows what he is.
1: Yeah.
0: That is very true. um But I, I've always wondered who is more manipulative, Dumbledore or President Coyne? <laughs>
1: because, Ooh, okay, see, that's a very good question. I could write essays on this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: These are the questions that hit me at like 5 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, hmm, I wonder. But, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after our introduction to The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2.
1: For the first time in our lifetimes, we're standing together with 13
2: districts. Our future starts tomorrow at dawn. When we march together into the Capitol.
1: Solar attacks. President Snow is building a minefield of traps. The sadistic inventions of game makers meant to make sport of our deaths.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the seventy-sixth Hunger Games. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back with our Hunger Games Mockingjay Part Two review, and the synopsis is as follows. Katniss Everdeen is in District 13 after she shatters the games forever under the leadership of President Coyne and the advice of her trusted friends. Katniss spreads her wings as she fights to save PETA and a nation moved by her courage. I think that's the same synopsis from the, from part one.
2: (laughs) Probably, (laughs) but it's all the same. It's, you know,
0: it's part two. You know, they, they shot them both together. So. I feel like the synopsis should be the same. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and again, you know, Francis uh, Lawrence, excuse me, is uh, back to direct this final film. And the writers include uh, Simon Bufoy, uh, Michael Arndt, and Susan Collins, who is credited for the novel of Mockingjay in the Hunger Games series. And stars, of course, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonas Hutchison, Liam Hemsworth. We have so many, so many people in here. It's it's, it's the same cast as before, and I do apologize. My voice is a bit raspy today. So what we're going to do is go through our initial rewatch thoughts. We'll pass it off to Nicole first, and then we'll go to Devin, and then I will close this out.
1: Well, first of all, yeah, every time I rewatch this movie, I'm like, we didn't need to break this into part one and part two. This could have easily been one film. Um That said, I do think this movie gets, like, has sort of a worse reputation than it actually is. I don't think it in any way lives up to the first two films in the franchise, but I also don't think it's, like, that terrible. Like, I feel like sometimes people treat it like it's one of the Divergent movies or something, and it's not that bad. Like, (laughs) it's not as bad as the Divergent films. It's not like a freaking Fantastic Beast film. Like,. It's still a decent film. I just think that the bar was really high, especially after Catching Fire. And also it was in that terrible time period where after Deathly Hollows was rightfully split split into two parts. Um, All, you know, teen book adaptations had to have their last book split into two parts. Now that said, I think what's interesting about this film is every time I watch it, I forget how much there is in the beginning of this movie before they start their like big journey through the Capitol to kill Snow. Um, because that is sort of, I feel like the more pressing part of the whole film, but there actually is a decent amount before that. And I, I do like what they do with this movie. I think there's several interesting things about it. One is the way that they had to shoot around, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's death. Uh, and there's several things in it that like a lot of the book changes actually come because of the fact that they had to shoot around that. Um, like Hamish, you know, reads Katniss a letter instead of her hearing it directly from Plutarch. Um, but I, I think there's a lot to like in this film. I think it's by far Josh Hutcherson's best performance as PETA comes in this movie because he sort of like has the most to do dramatically in this film, whereas he doesn't have all that much to do in the other movies, um, whereas everybody else is like reliably good as they've been the whole franchise. I love how much Natalie Dormer we see in this film. Um, that's let's be honest, like the amount of Natalie Dormer and Patina Miller that we see is like why I rewatch this movie. Um but I do think like it's a pretty solid movie, and I can get into this a little bit more later, but I do think it's also very interesting how they had to sort of treat the violence in it to be able to skirt keeping the rating that they wanted to, because this is this is a significantly like more gory film and the book even more so than, say, a Deathly Hollows part two, because you know you don't have magic to sort of skirt around all of the, the actual gore.
2: <laughs> yeah, the director the director mentioned just how violent it was compared to the others. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Devin, uh, what are your
0: initial uh, thoughts on your rewatch?
2: Um, for me, I think overall, it's definitely not as bad as the the public would say it is. But for me, the I'd say the first half really wasn't working for me. It really didn't grab my attention. So much so that I kind of stopped halfway through and took a break. So I, so I broke up the, the already unnecessary two-parter into a four-parter, basically. Devin! <laughs> or I guess a three-parter, but yeah. But anyways, um, I, I kind of made... The, I guess the right decision because I kind of stopped watching right before the sewer scene so it's kind of like a good break and then we could get into the action because I thought that was actually a really really good action scene overall in the sewers um but yeah i I wasn't really uh, my attention wasn't grabbed the first half there there isn't too much happening. Um, You did mention there's some story before they they go on their march through the capital, but they don't spend too much time on that before just diving into it. Um, Mahershal Ali dies, which now is sad, but I'm sure when this came out, no one knew who he was, so it didn't have as much of an impact. Yeah, just kind of, especially coming off the first part where you're just expecting such such a large such a big like finale coming off the the ending of the first part and then you just kind of go into this one and you don't really don't really leave that much of an impact it's kind of just a forgettable overall experience um definitely had some positives towards the latter half for me but other than that
0: so i mean you guys i'm i'm you know i'm big on these on these movies i i do i i have since actually hunted down and bought an entire hunger games trilogy but for like $12 hardcover Yay! I was in, in like, in mint condition at, um, this place called McKay's over by me. It's kind of like a emporium of like, you can buy like movies, TV shows, um, vinyl records, books and stuff like that there. And they were just all sitting there. And I was like, what the, this is crazy. Like it was such an amazing, like mint condition. And I also picked up, uh, the ballad of songbirds and snakes, which is also in really good yes. condition as well. So I'm very excited <laughs> to dive into that because I believe. There has been talks about a series being adapted for it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be through Lionsgate or, you know, probably going to be hitting Disney Plus or something. I don't know. One of these <laughs> streaming services out here. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Netflix picked it
2: up because, I mean, that's yeah, like. Who owns Lionsgate? I do not know. Is, is there an overarching monolith? Um.
1: I'm trying to think, what are the Hunger Games movies on? Are they on like HBO Max? They're like spread out
2: everywhere. they they were on Hulu last month, but they're not now. Yeah. I I mean I just watched the my my Blu-rays, so I Same. didn't
0: <laughs> <laughs> The power of physical media. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think I think I have like the digital copies on like my voodoo account or something. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh let us know, Devin. I'm not entirely sure, but I'll go ahead with my uh my initial reactions uh for Mocking J Part 2. Um, like Nicole and um Devin said before, it's just it's tough because I you know, I love the series so much, and you know, it's really hard to close out a series, especially after Philip Seymour Hoffman's passing and It's, it's really hard to kind of not necessarily bounce back from that, but you know, with Harry Potter, it was so, it was just everything. And I feel like everyone was trying to make, you know, these part one, part two films as epic as Harry Potter. And I think it worked more so for the Hunger Games than it did for Twilight, (laughs) but that's Twilight for you. But I, I, I love this movie up to a certain point. Um, when it comes to them storming the Capitol and the air raid comes in, you know, when, uh, when snow is inviting all the refugees into his mansion and then we get, you know, the air bomb strike from that point onward. I was so confused because things started just like shuffling around. And I was like, wait, why is she here? Why is she not mourning the wise Katniss not mourning the death of Prem yet? And we, kind of get like a glossed over morning with like her mother and that that's... don't even, don't even mention it. <laughs> they, they don't. It, it's it's one of those uns, unspeakable things that happen and it's... That's when the, the movie started losing me but up to that point, you know, we, we start the movie off where, you know, Katniss's neck is bruised, you know, they got this weird beauty thing something going on between... <laughs> And I'm like, yo, like, I know you guys are in love, but let's, what's uh, us take it down a few notches. Um, but, you know, she quickly recovers from that. I, like you guys said, it takes a while for the movie to actually begin when it comes to storming the Capitol, because they're still trying to catch up or trying to get the audience back into like more of a refresher because it has been a year. And, you know, obviously now you can watch these at home, you know, boom, one, two, it kind of feels a bit repetitive towards like maybe the first act. Then the second act onwards is more of the action heavy scenes and it's, it's not bad. It's just the ending part. This really bugged me. I mean, I liked everything leading up to that um, to a point. It's just, I don't know. The, the special ops part was like really, really good. Like I really enjoyed that portion, but overall, like I, I, I agree, would agree with you guys. I don't think this is as bad as what people think. Like, I think right now, Rotten Tomatoes is sitting at like a 75. No, I'm sorry, 70% for critics and 66 for audience. I would probably bump that up to around maybe like a 75, maybe mm-hmm. 78. Nothing like too crazy. But, you know, w- when, you, when you marketed this movie as like the epic finale, that's what people are going to think. And, um, you know, looking at the Mockingjay book, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so they really did split this into two movies. And, like, the the book's not terribly long.
1: It's no longer than the others, I don't think. Or at least not significantly longer.
0: Yeah, and I was like, this is, like, no longer than, like, the first Harry Potter book. Like, this is very... They're a very short read, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, And, I mean, I I admire them trying to, you know, milk that cash cow. You know, you had uh, Jennifer Lawrence coming off of her um academy award win and it's like i mean why why wouldn't you (laughs) so
1: building off of that i can delve into some of the differences between the book and the movie one of the major ones is that in the movie the sort of epilogue that we get of katniss and pita and their kids seems set significantly sooner than the epilogue of the book in the epilogue of the book, I think it's in, it's implied that Katniss's daughter is like a teenager. So, you know, significantly longer has, has happened, supposedly, since the events of the, the rest of the film, um, which makes a little bit more sense to be like, yeah, you know, a solid like 20 years in the future, she's doing okay. Yeah. Um, rather than whatever we're supposed to believe this is like
2: five ten um
1: yeah which makes a lot more sense i think um and then there's some other differences the like big one i think would be that the film is much less gory than the book is like in the book when finnick is killed he's like decapitated um which first of all yeah rest rest in peace uh finnick the love of my life um (laughs) But obviously they were like, we can't do that in a teen movie. Um, And there's, there's just a lot more like the description of the bombing of the Capitol children in the book is gruesome. Like there's a lot of talk about like limbs and stuff in the aftermath. Um, And obviously that would have bumped their rating pretty far Mm -hmm. up. Uh, So it's, it's a lot of stuff like that. Mostly the beginning section is a little bit different too, because in the beginning of the book, if I remember correctly, Joanna and Katniss are training together because they've been told that they have to go through training if they're going to go to the Capitol with everyone else. And Joanna fails her training because of her PTSD. Um, And that's sort of more of a big plot point. I think the books sort of do a better job of dealing with the effects of the Hunger Games on all of the remaining victors. Um, And the other main one I think that I remember people talking about whenever this came out is that in the books, they've set up that – deli cartwright is like Peter's best friend in district 12 like before all of the stuff starts and so in the books she's the one who's sent in to talk to him whenever they've gotten him back which makes perfect sense like this is a person that he knew and trusted that yeah. he doesn't associate with Katniss in his mind it makes sense why they would think like he won't hurt her um <laughs> yeah. whereas it obviously because they didn't set up that character in the big in the first film they couldn't do that in the movie so they send premin in which does sort of seem like well, why didn't you think he'd immediately get upset about that <laughs> <laughs> like not sure like it, it makes the logic seem a little bit off but i also feel like and maybe this is just my memory of reading it i feel like president coin is not so entirely shady throughout the whole thing in the book. Um, You kind of have more of a realization sort of like you do with um, Dumbledore in the Harry Potter series that like, Oh, like this person hasn't been telling us the whole truth the whole time. Um, Whereas in this, I feel like she's, she's pretty obviously shady. Like (laughs) minute one of this film, it's like, yeah, what's happening there. Red Um,
0: flags all over the place.
1: (laughs) All over the place. But yeah, so I think, you know, they did what they could in adapting it and a lot of stuff had to do with sort of like trying to keep their ratings down or things that had been set up in other movies, you know, the previous movies that then they had to sort of like deal with the effects of it. But I still do think that in terms of like adaptations of book series, this one does stay like pretty close to its book um, compared to other things and and like i said another changes that they had to make were because of philip seymour hoffman having passed away so that obviously like influenced they they had stuff that he had already filmed and so they had to sort of like work around it is my understanding
0: kind of like how they did with star wars with um
1: exactly carrie
0: fisher yeah yeah
1: exactly
0: very tough Um, to kind of go around and
1: yeah. Although I don't think, I think this, um, they are able to sort of keep more of the actual plot than I imagine they were. <laughs> I still wonder if that's part of what we have to blame for that movie, but um, <laughs> I'd like to think the original plan was better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's it's a fairly decent adaptation in terms of like, I think it does a good job of sort of keeping the main events while still making the necessary changes. Although I do think that the book is a, Better into this series than this movie is. Um, although I do remember people, I feel like, also think that Catching Fire is the f- best book of the series, and I feel like Catching Fire is probably the best movie of the whole series. Oh, absolutely. Um, like I, I would
0: say it is at least. Oh, no, I I would too. I, I know I some it.
1: people think that the first one is the best, and I, I can never decide if like Catching Fire is actually the best, or if I just think it's better because Sam Claflin is in it. <laughs> <laughs> I know my own biases. It's fine. She's like,
0: (laughs) I'm unapologetic about this, and it's cool.
1: Let's take a quick break.
0: Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear?
1: Look, people were like Team Peta, Team Gale back in the day. I was the moment Finnick showed up, I was like, "Nope, oh,
0: that's right." I'm, I'm Team oh. That. Like,
1: who cares about this love triangle? <laughs> like,
0: it it literally brings back the Team At Work, Team Jacob thing, and they
1: really tried to like make it that. And I think it was so funny because even the actors were kind of like, "What?"
2: like, <laughs> yeah.
1: like I remember. Um, Willow Shields, who plays Prim on a on a red carpet, they asked her like, "Oh, are you Team Peter or Team Gale?" And she was like, "I'm Team Katniss." Like, people were like, mm, "Right, all right." So, uh <laughs> guess we're not doing that again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Throw out those yeah. questions. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I it now that we've kind of talked about like the love triangle a bit. It's,
2: I mean, it's, if you want, it, if you want to call it that,
0: yeah, because it's. You know, Katniss is Katniss, clearly she is she like she knows who she who she loves, but at the same time. She's she's stringing Gail along. I'm sorry. Like one well, on My whole
1: thing is I don't think either one of them is the right answer. Like I'm I team, agree. like <laughs> I'm team Katniss go go deal with her shit on her own. Uh, like, are we
2: sure, sure PETA is cured it by the end? Are we sure he's?
1: I'm team like I think Katniss uh should just go platonically live out her life with Haymitch. Like that feels better to me. Um that feels I don't know, awesome. maybe, maybe go help Annie Cresta raise that baby that she has been left with after Finnick dies. I don't know. Honestly, even Joanna would be better. Like maybe, maybe that's the story I want. Like <laughs> like Kat kind is of being like, see ya, PETA. Dear um, Lionsgate. <laughs> like I you know, honestly. <laughs> I my th- I always I don't like PETA that much in general.
0: I don't I, I don't either. I mean, in this movie, like you said, he has a lot more to do. And right, he right. um he 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 plays a crab out of his part. Like I really he, like
1: Josh Hutcherson does a great job. I just don't I think part of why I don't like PETA is because I don't like him as a love interest for Katniss. Um, but I I think that at the end I would have preferred to have seen them apart, perhaps. Um
0: makes sense.
2: He's a bit yeah. unstable. It, it's <laughs> go right into the baby making.
1: Right. <laughs> That just doesn't feel like Katniss to me. Like, that feels like her caving to him. And I don't like that.
0: (laughs) Like, they kind of made it seem like she's a bit older with, like, the dress she's wearing. The way that her hair is you know let down and i'm like are you 30 40 like what's right what, what like, is what is what age are you are you you know i don't know
1: it feels a little bit like the epilogue in harry potter where it's like oh and then they're old and they have kids and everything's great and they've forgotten all the trauma they went through in their
2: youth yeah and
1: i'm like <laughs> i don't how that works actually
2: <laughs> such a generic way to to, to end it just going yeah. out with a whimper
0: well i mean even the harry potter books i mean the last words of the book is you know all as well so and that i think that's honestly a better ending like you know but it's i think the Hunger games does a better job of you know obviously all the trauma that, that these uh victors have gone through just this entire country it's yeah. going to take a long time to recover and i mean i i gotta say um so i I need to ask this question because it's okay so after prim dies and we don't see you know their mother morin at all you know katniss just says mom and she doesn't say anything and i'm like uh, although
1: that's that's classic katniss's mom
0: yeah that is true
1: She does that not tracks. she is a man of
0: <laughs> she is a woman of very few words.
2: And her and Gail get along great. Just hanging out in the background. Right.
0: She's like I'm just here getting paid, guys, you know. I'm I'm just, I'm playing the mom, you know. I'm in a few background scenes, whatever, yeah. whatever. Um so where did Katniss go after because it's it's the weirdest transition of scenes. She's you know in a hospital bed, you know, after the bombing. And actually, Devin had a question that I'm sure he'll want to bring up about who was actually responsible for the bombing. Because he, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll let him talk about it. But my question is, where did Katniss go? Like right after that <laughs> hospital scene? Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, it's it's is my disc broken? I was like, I swear, like there should be something else here. I
1: feel like there may have been a deleted scene, like somewhere in there that got cut for time or something
0: because she just she goes is does she go back to victor's village or because that's where she meets snow in the garden and i'm like there's this bombing (laughs) it it feels like they suddenly were like oh right gotta wrap this up like (laughs) i'm very like so do you know where she was when she visited snow in the garden or is that not really mentioned in the books either
1: so it's harder because um i know in the i think in the Book the execution whole scene like of Snow takes place right in front of the Capitol, right. like the, the mansion, whereas in the film, I think it's supposed to be like on like Victor's Avenue or whatever that street is that they use in some of the earlier Hunger Games stuff. Right.
0: Um.
1: But I think it's sort of implied that she's just like chilling in the Capitol waiting to see what happens Um. because I guess it makes sense that like there is this weird period like after they've like essentially won where everybody is sort of just like okay, cool. What do we do now? Um... And you know, then like obviously, President Coyne is like, let me tell you what we do. Um, but I do think it's sort of like there's some weird transitions happening in that part of the film mm. where it feels like they were like, okay, we got to have this scene and this scene and this scene, and we'll just throw them all there. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think she's presumably just chilling in the Capitol, the, the ruined Capitol. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. What is the state of the capital at this point? Like we Yeah,
2: because like where it's, like, it's just so nonchalant too, how she just like kind of walks up to uh snow. She's, she's like, like, hey dude, yeah, it's see. It's he's up? he's like, Oh long, hey, no his demeanor completely
0: yeah. changed. I'm like,
2: this is not
0: the cynical man that we've been following this entire time.
2: It kind of lessens him as like this sinister dark character. He's he's so approachable. He's just he's just a nice guy who's just coughing up blood. Give him yeah. a break. <laughs>
1: I feel like they went maybe a little too hard on the whole, like you know, realize who the true enemy is, and it's Coin, and then like that—that that doesn't mean that he's not also the enemy,
0: like, right? Yeah, like, like he's
1: her being really bad does not make him better. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: it's like there's two evils here. We can't choose the lesser. Well, you know, well Coin's doing yeah. this, and yeah, it's it was very odd because. You know, she wakes up and I'm like, okay, where is she? Is she back in district thirteen? She's in this hospital bed. That's the only other time we've seen her in, you know, this hospice like um get up. And it's like okay. she was just on fire. Yeah, yeah. literally she was literally on fire. <laughs> you know, we see the burns, we see the boils, and then cut straight to some random room. And I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> hey, hey mom, how's it going? Yeah. It was <laughs> they're like, Oh, like you like you can't go into this garden and then they're like, Oh yeah, she can goes in there. All right. She goes in there, boom, coins there. And then he's like, Oh, he's like, I'm not above killing children. Clearly. But, but. <laughs> but I, I guess he- you
1: should know. Like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Hey, Hey, don't blame me for all this. You're the one fighting for the real enemy. <laughs> Forget all the years of, you know, torture and suffering I've caused to people your real um <laughs> your real target is president coin <laughs> but i guess uh, i wanted to pass it over to Devin because he had a question about the bombing and whose responsibility that was
2: yeah just they just never really confirmed who was responsible obviously you're supposed to assume that that uh coin had a hand in it but they never confirmed specifically because she because katniss blames gail at the end.
1: My understanding based on the book and it's been a little while since I have read it is that like Gale invented the like it feels weird to call it a move, but like <laughs> yeah. the, the strategic move. Yeah, cuz yeah.
2: cuz him and um what's his name we're like discussing the bomb plan like earlier in the movie.
1: Yeah, but that coin is the one to actually use it. Presumably because Gale would have known to ensure that like none of their medics were there if he had been the one to use it.
2: Right,
0: yeah. Because
1: like Gale, you know, for for whatever faults Gail has, and I do prefer Gale to (laughs) Peta, Gale does love Prim as though she's his own sibling. So I I think whereas Coin was like, Prim's there? Awesome, drop the bomb. Yeah. thinking that, you know, this is the way to break Katniss entirely. I don't think Gale would have you know, done that had he known. So I think it's sort of a Katniss blames him, but there is some question of like, is he actually to blame? Like, Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because she's yeah. like, did you do? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, bro, what do you mean you don't know? Like, what, what's, you- <laughs> what's the motive even? Like, yes. Yeah. Just- It's, it's very strange because I mean, even before then, you know, we, I mean, president coin, obviously, as, as we've learned, she's manipulating and this is, this whole thing goes back to history repeating itself because she wants to have this, um, not annual, but, um, symbolic. Let's have another one. Yeah. Let's have another hunger games with with the capitalist children, you know, give them a taste of her own medicine type thing. And it's like, yeah. It it's it sounds great to say out loud, but like I mean, let, let's be honest. Let, let let's not do that. It's like she
2: becomes she becomes like a, a cartoon villain at the end, like twirling her her mustache. Yeah. Now they're gonna pay for what they did. <laughs> See what I did there?
0: I <laughs> I flipped the scripts. <laughs> but it's it's very um it's it's odd because I really do like everything leading up, you know, with Boggs and saying, hey, don't trust President Coin because she's yeah. she has no more use for you whatsoever. And that's why she brings PETA in. <laughs> because hey, if the you know, all the pods within the Capitol don't kill her, at least PETA will. Because <laughs> Coin doesn't have any other use for Katniss whatsoever, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, like you can go, like, what does she care? Like, they're gonna get this done no matter what. And I, I've all, I thought that was very interested or interesting, excuse me, um, when it comes to that whole spiel. But I don't know. Yeah. This,
1: I also, I think too, in the mo- in the movies, they don't go sort of as hard on District Thirteen being like very restrictive and repressive and like in the books, there's all this stuff. I think even about like how each person can only eat like as much food as is calculated. They need to survive. Like there's all this stuff about how like intense it is. And I think it makes more sense than in the books that like, they're sort of showing that if snow and the capital are like one side of the scale coin and district 13 are the other extreme. Mm. And the idea being that like, we need something in the middle. Um, and neither one of these extremes is good, which I think is like a fair point that, like, oftentimes you see that in actual revolutions where, like, you have one government. I mean, it's essentially like you take monarchist Russia and you have a revolution and you swing to, ex- you know, communist Russia and hold on, that didn't fix it. You know, like the people are still living in poverty. Um, and I think that's sort of meant to be the idea, but I feel like because they don't set it up as well in like the first um, Mockingbird part one. Mm. You don't feel it as hard in Mockingjay Part 2 whenever it's like, you know, they're going into all the stuff with coins. So they have to sort of make coin herself more of this, like you said, like mustache twirling, like mm. villain. And it doesn't quite come off.
0: No, not until she mentions the Hunger Games, the symbolic Hunger Games, because, you know, as uh, we were talking about on Part 1, um, it... We were set up to believe, hey, you know, we can trust President Coin. You know, District Thirteen, you know, the district that was eliminated from the Capitol hasn't been heard of for you know decades, and they're yeah. living underground. And now there's no District Twelve. In a way, obviously not as bombed as badly as District Thirteen, but you know, from Part One, we're we're set up to believe to touch uh, to trust her. And it's like, yeah, like, okay, you know, she's here For Katniss, she's here for the revolution And then we Kind of, sort of, just you know, She's kind of stern in a way But, like, you can kind of Just see easily what's going on But obviously, I guess that's just part of her name Because two sides of the same coin Oh, like, you know, that yeah.
2: type of Situation, so And, and President Snow, he, he has <laughs> He puts stuff in his nose And gets sick Yeah <laughs>
0: He's, he's, he's such like in, like out of any of the other, like even from part one and part two, he's just like this lost old man. If I feel like, and it's like, man, like we've been waiting for like this face off between, you know, Katniss and snow for, for years now. And then he's like, oh, well, Hey, I'm not all bad. <laughs> and I'm like, but like what do you mean you're not all bad <laughs> type situation which I do think
1: like it does in the I I don't I'm trying to like not to sound like a snob here but I think it's pulled off a little bit more sophisticatedly in the book in terms of this whole idea that like you know this whole time she's thought that like snow is the root of all this evil and it's that in a way it almost feels like the issue isn't Snow, per se, it's just like a hyper capitalist system that he is at the head of, and he's just sort of the epitome of it. But like, him as a person is not as bad as the system that he's at the head of. Um, so it sort of makes sense that at the end of the day, like, oh, wait, he is just like a sad old man, um, (laughs) who you know, Katniss realizes like isn't even that much of a threat anymore once his system has been toppled. Um, whereas you know coin is like the rising star of this new system and she's the real threat um you know you take away his power and suddenly like what even is he
0: i think they even mentioned that in the movie um yeah where joanna's like you know anyone can kill anybody during phoenix yeah. like super short wedding by the way didn't even yeah. it just it just happens i was like oh phoenix getting married cool and like they don't even allude to like oh you know she's pregnant and then, like, nothing. It's just like, oh, by the way, I'm doing great in the Capitol. I have this child.
1: Justice, <laughs> justice for Finnick and Annie Cresta. Like, <laughs> that's the shoot-off series I want to see. Like, give me their Hunger Games. That would actually um, be
0: really interesting. And I think you had mentioned that you wanted to see Hamish's Hunger Games. I'm not sure if it was...
1: I would give anything to see that. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I believe The Battle of Sunbirds and Snakes is about no, is it is about his rise to power or during his Hunger Games?
1: So it's what's very interesting is uh Ballad of Songbirds and Stinks, which I actually really enjoyed, um, is sort of about Snow and him being like a teenager in the capital during one of the first years of the Hunger Games. And in those early years, obviously, they don't have mentors from the districts because like they don't have enough <laughs> people who've won people yet. Who- <laughs> so instead, they assign like seniors in high school, essentially, in the capital to – Each tribute to mentor them and like prep Mm. them for the Hunger Games, Um, which is very interesting because, of course, Snow is assigned a girl from District 12. Um, And I think it's a really interesting series because in like for most of the book, he doesn't seem like he's that bad of a person, but you sort of see how the system that he's raised within in the capital um, creates who he is. Mm. And it very much seems like one of those whole, like it's, it's nurture, not nature type arguments almost. Um, And you sort of see him become a person that you can believe would grow into the snow that we see in Mm. the original Hunter games trilogy. And I think that like, that's really fascinating and sort of this different perspective on the games. Whereas it's like um, also seeing what they looked like in the beginning and knowing what they become over time. I think it's like, the first year that they're televised or something mm. um, fully it's very interesting okay. and I would be so down if she wanted to sort of keep building out you know backgrounds on characters that we see in the series because I think like I mean for one thing we could just talk about the fact that Suzanne Collins is not a super problematic author and I'm happy to see more from her mm. um, but also I think like where they went wrong with like the Fantastic Beasts movies is that like nobody cares Nobody cares. Like, whereas there's so many things in Harry Potter where they could have taken characters that we actually cared about. Um, Like, show me the first Wizarding War. I'd be very interested in that. Um, And I feel like there's so much potential within the Hunger Games to sort of, like, build out more of the story sort of going backwards that actually have to do with characters that we care about. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) That's, that's true. It, and uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like semi excited for the new Fantastic Beast, but I, I know it's not going to be nothing crazy, but I hear it's better than the first two and that's all I care about. So I guess that's a way. <laughs> Just gonna, it's, I don't know. We, we've talked about, you know, the whole, you know, these major franchises, book franchises, you know, obviously turning into film franchises, having these prequels for Fantastic Beasts. I don't feel like it matters anymore because it's not about, the fantastic beasts anymore like the first movie
1: if I could have just watched Eddie Redmayne go around dealing with magical creatures you know that really would have been something but instead they were like Dumbledore and I was like Dumbledore is not the character that any of us wanted more on like let's be no. very
0: honest like I mean I <laughs> it's just like I mean we we, we had our own Dumbledore you know, our two runs. And I think it's fantastic. I would love to see more from the hunger games when it comes to just expanding the world. Like I, I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, the ballad Songbirds and snakes series gets picked up.
2: I was actually just, just rooting up on that. And oh. apparently it's supposed to be a movie and it's supposed to be starting production. The first half of this year.
0: Oh, it's supposed to be a movie.
2: Oh my Yeah, God. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the years of, of, of like a third of the way over, we haven't heard anything, but. Yeah, I mean. It, there's, there's a deadline article from August of last year saying it was supposed to start the first half of this year. Okay,
0: okay.
1: Interesting. It's still possible.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's still some time. There's a chance. <laughs> I'm I'm really hoping that, you know, we've seen so many book series now just kind of default to TV series. So I, I don't know where I read it from that it was a series. I feel like I would have loved to see that just because it's like, with book series now there's so much that goes into it and I feel like there's a lot of things it's like a lot of books out there that could have done better as a series we're getting the the um Percy Jackson from Disney plus so that's awesome with uh Walker Scoville so I'm very very excited for that but, I can't uh, wait. <laughs> I know oh my gosh I'm so so excited I'm like finally like I just it's like, it's like, it's not hard to mess up YA. And I feel like Hunger Games, like we said in previous episodes, mm-hmm. it really is like, I think you had actually said it, Nicole, like the end all be all of all just like, it's one of the, I guess, four horsemen of YA franchise. I, yeah. I Obviously Hunger Games, Harry Potter, I guess you can throw Twilight in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it made a lot of money. So I guess yeah. it was successful. <laughs> it gave us yep. Batman. Yeah. yeah.
1: Give <laughs> us Batman and Spencer and for Spencer, that, I think. Yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly. Well, I will say that, you know. Yeah, but it did I, take away Taylor Lautner. He's been. Uh,
0: yeah. He, he been was sacrificed. Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and speaking of sacrifices, you know, unfortunately, our JD Duran from In Session Film was not here to join us today. So this episode is in memory of our fallen tribute. <laughs> Unfortunately, he, he did not make it that far into the games. Uh, I I would be scared, Liz, if if that would happen to me. It's like, yo, um, you can just go in the back and shoot me right now because like I'm not even going to try.
1: No, truly, <laughs> I would raise up in that like into the arena and just you know they have to like count down before it starts or it just like blows you up. I'd be stepping off that podium. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd be like, I would rather go out this way yeah. than let another tribute kill me slowly.
0: <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Because I back, know huh? I'm not surviving. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, y'all back home, but uh this ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, all I no,
2: gotta no. do is find the catness.
0: Just
1: I would like no, I'd be like throwing some peace signs as I
2: step off uh, the, find your
0: PETA. He will <laughs> you know turn you into a tree. You can hide out the entire game and be totally fine. <laughs> and bake you a cake. Bake yeah. you a cake and throw you some burnt bread and such and
1: useful skills.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta say, with, with Josh Hutchinson, like <laughs> Like, with this performance, though, like, when the black goo kind of comes into the surrounded area, I think that was, like, finally, it's like, okay, now this movie is starting to kind of pick up. And they're kind of trying to make it, oh, you know, the entire of Pan Am is, like, this big arena where there's all these pods every two to three, you know, steps or, like, every block or so, which doesn't seem very fun, like, at all, because, you know, the map that they have, of the, uh, I forgot the name of the device that they were using, but it was like every maybe like 12 feet or so they run into another pod. I'm like, this is terrible design infrastructure by the game maker. It's like, you can't get anything done. Like I understand the object objective here is to kill, but like this it's, it's like two, there's too many red dots. I'm like, okay, this, I'm just not going to go anywhere. (laughs) Like, It was crazy. Um, but I wanted to kind of pass it back over to you guys. If there was anything you wanted to mention that we haven't talked about yet, I guess we'll start with Devin and then I'll go over to Nicole.
2: Yeah, I think we covered covered most of it. I was looking at the IMDb trivia and there's not much to offer compared to yeah, the No first
0: uh, super expensive wigs this time around outside of a... Uh, I did see that <laughs> Josh Hutcherson
2: wore a wig for the first time in this one. Did he? Yeah didn't want to he didn't want to keep uh bleaching his own hair that's fair over and over
0: oh i was gonna <laughs> say was it towards the ending part where you know they're not using animatronic babies um or cgi babies like they did in um those Twilight. are
2: those are Jennifer lawrence's nephews so i guess there oh, are okay. a few oh. a few cool trivia pieces but okay. yeah she let that slip out apparently
0: okay nice nice uh nicole do you have anything else you wanted to add
1: i don't feel I do, other than just, you know, this film is not as bad as people act like it is. Yeah. Um, And also rest in peace to Finnick Odair, the best man of the franchise. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I I will never miss an opportunity. Anytime I can get some PETA slander in somewhere, I will do it.
0: Um, PETA was always such a running joke. Like, I remember when the first movie came out, everyone's like, oh, who cares about PETA all that much? My friend was telling me about the books. I'm like, eh.
1: My sister and I are both like obsessed with the Hunger Games. She got very into it a couple of years ago mm. and we literally only refer to him. We don't call him his name. We call him the, the Doughboy, um, <laughs> which is short for the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> so,
0: <That's> really- <laughs> very clever. <yeah. laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. I'm like, oh, my God, all that that weird thing that the uh, Doughboy did when he like hit yeah. his belly. It's like, huh, huh? I'm like, oh yep, there it is. <laughs> that's Peter Malark <laughs> That's yeah, that's Peter. I it's just he's finally he finally gets interesting, you know, with the oh, like like your favorite color is green, real or fake. And I'm like, okay, enough of the questions, bro. Like <laughs> I get it, you know. Peter,
1: Peter, we have a real task
0: to do here. Can
1: you him? Gam- <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Truth or dare. (laughs) Truth or dare. I I will say he did not hesitate by throwing that dude into that black goo. I was like, you know, oh my God. He just went for it. He said yeet. He yeeted this man. (laughs) I I was like, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, that wasn't Jennifer. I'm like, no, okay, that wasn't Jennifer Lawrence. I'm like,
1: okay, I will say my one criticism of this film, and I think it probably played much better in a theater, but some of the scenes in the sewer are so damn dark. That I'm like, yes. it, it feels like, you know, those episodes in the last season of Game of Thrones where it was like, I have no idea what's happening. Like, who was that? I don't know.
0: Like, I've always been a defender of the last season of Game of Thrones when it comes to the long night, because apparently you needed like a, a specific kind of like OLED TV or whatever. I had like a newer TV at the time. So I okay. was able to yeah. see everything.
1: Oh, I was like, I don't know who that was. Like... The-
0: and then my friend showed me on his, t- on his TV. I'm like, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yep. But I yep. do agree. Even with my TV now, it is it is a bit newer. Like, it's, you know, all like true dark, you know, all that stuff. Like, this is yeah. true blackness. I'm like, that's great, bro. But, like, I can't see anything. <laughs> right?
1: But we were a little
0: unclear who Peter just threw into the goo. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I have no clue. Like, there's. I feel like these- that's important. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. all these, you know, black. Figures running around, and then there's the black goo, and then it's like, Peter, who did you like tackle into the end zone? You just threw him like he was. Just, I was like, oh my gosh! But yeah, I do agree. the The sewer scenes were very hard to see. Um, and that was, I, I mean, I calibrated my TV. I'm like, there's no way the scene is this dark. Yeah, it's, it it was pretty dark. <laughs> it was pretty dark there for sure. But um, I believe that pretty much. Um, concludes our Hunger Games franchise revisited here on the series. Had a wonderful time talking about all things Hunger Games with you guys. Um, thank you again, Nicole, for coming on. I know it was <laughs> a lot of cat and mouse chasing, but hey, thank, we, you. We-
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Honestly, like I will never pass up an opportunity to talk about this franchise because it is one of my, it's probably my personal favorite above mm. Harry Potter. Um, Just because I was so into it whenever they were actually coming out in Harry Potter, I didn't get into it until later Um, in terms of movie adaptations. Obviously, we mentioned Percy Jackson before. I'm a Percy Jackson girl at heart, so I'm very excited for this (laughs) Disney Plus series because we just – we don't speak about those films. Um, But it was honestly such such a (laughs) – that, mm, mm, can't believe I wasted money to see one of them in a the theater. Um, but no, truly, like this has been such a joy to get to to revisit these movies and, and discuss them. So thank you for having me.
0: Of course, of course. Always a pleasure to have you here and Devin, of course, you know, he's always here. <laughs> Just <laughs> looking up uh, uh trivia, movie trivia facts. So <laughs>
2: someone's got to do it.
0: <laughs> that is very, very true. So I actually wanted to take the time here uh, for Nicole to let everyone know where they can find you on the internet and what pieces um, that you have um, that you're working on coming up in the future.
1: Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff at Nicole Ackman 16 I've got link trees in all of those places um, to everywhere that I write and podcast and everything Um, definitely have some exciting content coming up on my period drama podcast that I do with my friend Maggie, um, which is uh, Petticoats and Poppies History Girls at the Movies. I'm also, I've not said this publicly yet, but I'm about to launch a new podcast with a couple of friends of mine. So definitely keep an eye on my Twitter um, because I will be launching that pretty soon, I think, within the next month um which has to do with an upcoming movie um and i'm very excited for that uh but yeah otherwise i've got i've got reviews coming i don't even honestly do I even know what I'm writing at this point I'm in my finals month for grad school right now so I'm just like whatever is next on the to-do list I write the review and I'm, I go uh, <laughs> that's how I'm I am right now but I think I've got some pieces on Bridgerton still coming up um Bridgerton oh,
0: I have Bridgerton. I still have to watch season two I, I have not oh, watched so it yet I hear so it's amazing good. well
1: I have some I have some mixed views as like a someone who read the book but mm. it is really good
0: okay um, yeah yeah yeah. I definitely gotta check it is, there's just so much to watch. I'm like, oh I gotta finish this series and I've been doing this this Star Wars rewatch because I'm I'm ranking oh, yeah. all the Star Wars. I saw Wars. that on your
1: letterbox like. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah. like, Why is he watching so much Star Wars? <laughs> I was like, why was anyone willingly watching the Rise of Skywalker? Right. <laughs> it's weird.
0: I am wearing <laughs> a shirt right now, only because it has all the original theater dates on the back okay Um, that's cool
1: that's cool
0: found it at like calls for like 10 (laughs) bucks
1: no i I have a shirt from the rise of skywalker that i bought before the movie came out and afterwards Mm. i was like well i have this now
2: yeah Uh, yeah popcorn bucket
1: yep i'm I'm, like this shirt is now dedicated to babu frick alone
0: Uh, (laughs) the only good thing in that film Uh, yeah Oh, like I love Boba Fett. Yeah, it was okay. so. I'm, um, you know, for all the listeners out there, I am going to be ranking all the Star Wars movies. That does include, obviously, the Skywalker saga, and I'm throwing in Rogue One, um, solo Star Wars movie, and then the Clone Wars feature film, the animated. I decided not to throw in like the Lego one because that doesn't really count, kind of just like a combination. And then, of course, the infamous, um, original holiday special <laughs> with baby chewbacca where it's like chewbacca's <laughs> nephew or something it's not on disney plus at all oh my God, no. you had to find it's on youtube i found it and i was like mm. i watched it i'm like i cannot add this to the list <laughs> it's just it's it's so like i want it to be like a real list so, um, you know, I'll be uh, turning some heads uh, with that for <laughs> sure. And I believe I'm also going to be writing a review of Fantastic Beasts. Um, what are we on? Crimes of Grindelwald? No. Um, what's the new one called again? Secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah, that was it. Gonna be doing that. Um, we'll see how that pans out (laughs) for sure. But uh, what's coming on the podcast for us, you may ask. Um, as of this recording, our moon nights episode one through three reviews are out on our podcast, as well as our everything everywhere all at once review, as well as our Sonic the Hedgehog 2 review. Um, and we have our Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent review coming out here soon as well, I believe. That should be coming out. No, I don't think that'll be out by the time this is up. I have like three different things in my head that I'm trying to, (laughs) but uh, those are just a few things coming up on our podcast. Again, we are an audio only podcast, so you can find us on Spotify, um, on Apple Podcasts and also Audible, just to name a few. And one more thing we ask for you guys uh, before we go, we ask you guys to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, your lover, whoever it may be, make sure to share an episode of the Film Optics podcast with a movie lover in need. And I believe that wraps up everything. So we hope you all have a wonderful weekend again, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming back on. We'd love to have you on for whatever series we do next. We don't know.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> will it be Twilight? I don't, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so we will see. But um, with that said, we hope you guys all have a wonderful weekend. And that is a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Nicole, Devin, my name is Christian, and we'll see you guys in the next one. May the odds be ever in your favor.